Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome to the Culture News. My name is David Sarero, and I have the pleasure to be on iHeartRadio to welcome a very, very wonderful woman. Her name is Crystal Crawford. So who is this adorable lady? She's the founder of Crawford Consulting Group. And let me tell you, we need a woman like that. She is talking about all the medical disparities among minorities. This is, we right in this subject because of COVID-19, we're right into it. And this is important to talk about the impact that COVID-19 has on minorities and how um, her take on it can definitely make a change and help. As I promised right now to speak with us, this adorable lady, Crystal Crawford, Crystal, how are you today? Hi, David. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's so nice to have you today. So first of all, I would love to know what brought you to, um, to, to, to I would say, to, to, to fight, to, to, um, to work uh, and to help in this particular field of the medical disparities. What led you to it? What, what is your story? Um, Well, I'm originally from North New Jersey, born and raised, and I graduated from St. Peter's University with my MBA in healthcare management, and I've been a healthcare professional of life science for about 12 years. I recently moved to Los Angeles uh, about a little over a year ago to accept the role as a senior life science professional for cancer research. Um, It's an amazing company. I love my role. I play a a vital role in drug development and new treatment being um, on the market, and um, I've I've developed a strong vocation for uh, the career of life science. But even during that time, I noticed um, how clinical trials and new therapies highlighted the medical disparities of lack of treatment among minorities. So, um, you know, it became a bit troublesome to me when it started to affect heavily people who looked like me. And I created the organization in my home office late one night (laughs) with the mission to raise awareness to these medical disparities and help support the community with proper access to health information and advocate for a better patient-provider relationship for better health outcomes. That's really beautiful, and and it's always it always surprised me and amazed me uh, how people you know how God puts you in the path that leads you to what you are simply born to do. You know, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or, you know, there's everything around us, but yet, you know, it leads you always to 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 to, to the right thing. So. Now, let's go directly to the heart of the problem. Is there, and of course, you know, I know the answer, but um, because I see it, you know, around me, and that I want to hear it from you. Is there really such a thing uh, of, you know, these medical disparities among minorities? Tell us, how come there is such a thing? And... Because, you know, I can be, uh, uh, let's say, the, the, the guy from the outside and we say, well, I don't really think that there are medical disabilities. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you, because, you know, it's always interesting to talk about, uh, uh, you know, anti-Semitism with a Jewish guy or to talk about homophobia with uh, someone from the, the right. LGBT community 
or to talk racism uh, with, you know, any of my African-American brothers and sisters, you know what I mean, uh, and his fa- or Hispanic, etc. This is what I want to know. I want to hear from you that you have your head into it 24-7. Is there really in the country, the greatest country in the world, um, is there really medical disparities among minorities? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I like how you put into perspective how things need to be explained to others who may not have an awareness to this issue or may not have had experience with it. And usually when I like to go into um, discussing this, I like to give some historical context behind it just so it could kind of connect the dots. Um, The medical disparities that African-Americans face, and myself included, is like peeling back the layers of, of an onion. Historically, the healthcare system has also been legally segregated um, to where minorities were um, treated as second-class citizens and their critical conditions were never seen as um, an issue of urgency. They have inadvertently been faulted by a system that wasn't designed to include them, and as a result, they fare much worse by 56% during this pandemic and other issues than any other race. Um, This isn't the first pandemic that we suffered from disproportionately, and it may not be the last if you don't address it. There's many social economic barriers that place us at a higher risk for a shorter life expectancy, Um, but we can't necessarily discuss the health outcomes of minorities without discussing their lifestyle. And that always seems to evade the narrative, the true narrative, Um, For example, the recent comment that the Surgeon General made warning African-Americans not to drink and do drugs, that would increase their risk of COVID, and that's a false narrative that further complicates um, the patient-provider relationship. Our attitudes and experiences with healthcare providers go as far back as the Tuskegee experiment, um, where they illegally tested on um, poor Black people, Black men specifically, and refused to treat them only and it could have been treated with a penicillin shot. So that lingering feeling of knowing that we might not be treated relatively well in a health setting kind of deter us from having faith in a in the health setting. And we have so many different important factors that impact our health, our living conditions. We tend to live in dis, uh, in denser housing for many of us that don't work jobs that pay enough for home ownership. And when we do, we do face discrimination from landlords from certain areas and mortgage companies that confine us to our current living conditions, which kind of increases the severity of catching something, especially if you want to, if they're incorporating social distancing. Um, We have many minorities that are right now considered essential workers. They cannot work from home, so they place themselves at risk daily just to sustain their livelihood. Um, and right now, and we're in a world where everyone is dependent right now on people they feel shouldn't have a minimum wage that can advance out of this situation. Um, statistically, you have nearly quarter of a quarter of Hispanic and Black workers who are employed through service industry jobs. Um, so they risk exposure daily, and they come back home to their families. These are jobs that do not pay sick leave, don't have proper uh, health insurance. And when it comes to our underlying conditions and access to health care, it's not that minorities are unemployed, it's that they're underemployed and they don't have access to affordable health care. So these things contribute largely to the medical disparities um, that that they're faced. Being unemployed also means limited 
limited mobility, able to access fresh produce. Um, so they're left to um, go to like local markets to get food and poor nutrition leads to poor health. So you have all these, these actual barriers and these layers um, that evades the narrative and escapes some people's minds and they don't realize that, yeah, there's, is healthcare a racist institution? Not necessarily, but it is inherently biased, going all the way back from the beginning of time where they designed a system um, that was not meant to include low-income and minority people. So you have a group of people that is ostracized by something that's no fault of their own that they did not design or create, but it is affecting them directly. Um, and this experience overall is creating a lot of fear and anxiety among all of us. And, you know, we feel it's, you know, that we may be left to die in a healthcare setting. And it's extremely horrifying. And I just think the fact that we don't have a robust amount of information about what's being going on, we're confused, we have unanswered questions. Um, you know, many times the doctor, the patient provider relationship is uh, strained through these false narratives, and it just it just causes further health complications in the in the group of people altogether. So usually, when I try to explain these medical disparities and how and how severe this issue is in in my community, um, I try to give some historical context and just move from that point forward in this, and then peel back the layers of the onion so you can kind of see how one thing causes a domino effect throughout our lives, and it's very subversive um, for throughout our lives. Wow. I could listen to you for, for hours, literally. It's, it's so, uh, you know, informative what, what you are saying and educative. Um, you know, I believe we should all be equal toward our health uh and and as you as you said you know um there are a lot of them are minorities are essential workers you know and you know some of us can afford to be at home and work from home but some people uh, by example who are working in the restaurant and the restaurant is closed like they have to get jobs and and find something and they are more exposed to other people and these people, I don't think they should have a medical bill in the first place, you know, um, uh, many, many things like that. So now the question is very simple, is if you have, if you were this magician, you know, um, <laughs> and, and you had, you know, the magic stick, you know, like, what do you think is doable to to change this? knowing that we know, you know, everybody knows the, the, the enormous respect that I have for America, but we know that America is also about money, that there is an economy, right. you know. So we know that. We know that healthcare for free, everybody tried. It never worked, you know. Um, right. So, so, and honestly, if that happened, the way it is built, there will be a recession, you know, because uh you know the the cost of the hospitals and everything they just you know the insurance were not there it wouldn't be happening in the first place so my my question is if you had the magic stick what would you do so if i had the magic stick and i have my hypothetical magic wand well, besides besides okay. i'm sorry dear besides you have the magic stick what would you do besides putting my show 
best rated show in all over the world. <laughs> you know, besides that, <laughs> besides uh, that, and also to uh, to 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 make my hair grow a little bit more. <laughs> you know, besides that's the two most important. Well, things besides you have those to do two things, you, okay. once you have <laughs> done that. <laughs> and add the capital zero on my bank account and then after that you know uh, because before someone you know made the magic he added the capital of zero on my bank account but he yeah, put that right. before the first digit you know what I mean I thought yeah, no, exactly. you have to put it after you know so b b besides that what what would you do um, so being a, a healthcare uh, professional, I see directly that the issue is uh, just the perspective. Just I, I would really, at one instance, if I could snap my fingers, change the perspective of minority patients when they come into a healthcare setting. Um, I would most certainly attack this issue at the core with my magic wand, like voila, the patient-provider relationship would be strengthened. The provider would break down all barriers in treating this individual. The patient would have better access to health care and would be able to trust their doctor in a healthcare setting. That is really the core of the issue that I see and that I would fix. In the meantime, <laughs> without my magic line, um, that's really my vision, that's really my goal, that's really my magic aha moment is to create this um, harmonized system where if we do have access to healthcare, let's all be confident in, enough to um, be able to go in and trust that someone is treating us um, properly. I would also change a lot of circumstances that a lot of these socioeconomic barriers that most um, minority people are in. Um, for example, their living conditions, their working working certain circumstances, their access to fresh produce. Those are things that I would like with my magic wand just wave over and everyone can have access to great health care and live a healthy and happy life. This wouldn't be an issue. There wouldn't be a thing. This is the most important sector to your well-being. It's, it's almost it's 25% of America's GDP, and you're talking about wow. nearly half a group of people who aren't included in that because they're suffering from systematic issues that, were placed, that are placing barriers in front of them for them to get ahead. So it's really something that's really, truly realistic. It's a huge problem. But for me, from what I'm seeing directly is, you know, just just mending that relationship um, back. I have friends and family that, you know, they won't go to the doctor. And I never understood where this stigma came from until I started to get into the industry. And I saw this very, very well firsthand. Um, you know, they you have doctors that think, you know, some patients come in and they fake pain and they're just trying to solicit narcotics. That has to change right at the very beginning. And then and then everything else can kind of, you know, kind of come into this whirlwind of, you know, improving as well. But that first interaction, that first attitude, that first experience with a patient and a provider has to change. And as much money as we generate through this country, I just don't, I, for the life of me, and as a businesswoman, I get it, but I don't understand why we don't, you know, why people work hard and cannot provide a roof over their head and cannot have access to health insurance. So there's a lot of policies within corporate America that needs to change and improve as well. 
um, because it's such a vast economic difference between people. It's almost like the have and have not. And it's extremely discouraging to see, especially during a time like this, um, you know, where friends and family, I have both of my parents sick from COVID recently. Um, and what kind of fueled me to kind of just push the envelope even more was when, you know, my stepdad symptoms were ignored for a week. This was a very critical time. And if it wasn't for the health literacy that I had and the access to me that, you know, I'm saying I'm going to fly back home, this is serious. They need, you guys need to push to get tested. And um, and, and the moment he walked back into the doctor to get tested, they said, we have to admit you right now. This is an issue. So things like that happen. And um, it's so many of us that don't necessarily have this background, have people in our family that are healthcare providers. But let's say if I was not there, what would have happened? So it's, that, it's really my magic wand tapping every doctor in America <laughs> on the shoulder and just saying, hey, look at the way you're assessing this problem. Look at the way you're you know, about to uh, go into this and solve this issue for this individual. But remember your Hippocratic oath that you're bound to care for the critically ill. And that means the critically ill, regardless of race, economic status, social status, gender, sexuality. All of those things have to change. And it's the behavior. I don't care how much money we invest into technology here in this country, how many things are at the convenience. It's the attitudes and the behaviors that needs to change and that needs to be invested into. Um, And that's really of us undoing hundreds of years of a system um, Mm -hmm. within one instance of my magic wand, (laughs) which I'm I'm working (laughs) effortlessly to do. But but it's really, mm -hmm. that's what I'm up against. And I know so many people out there like me with the same mission statements, um, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but because we realize this issue. So I really want to raise a lot of awareness about it. Yeah. One one thing I I wanted to ask you before we start to say um, goodbye to each other is, what if there was no minority? What if what if we would take the the, the problem uh, another way? You know, what if instead of saying, well, you know what, now there are no minorities anymore. Everyone is equal. Do you think that is also uh, something that is not the full solution? But that could be also part of of the solution. I, you know, one thing I realized these days is that people bring either, you know, their religion, sexuality, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, political, uh, uh, you know, whether the Democrat, Republican, et cetera, right. et cetera. They started to bring that a lot in the workplace. You know, now right. we feel that a lot in the workplace. And, and I'm like, what if that would stay at home? What if we wouldn't bring that at all so that, when there are no differences, by example, you know, I'm, I'm a Jew, you know, from Europe. And, and you know, we, we know what happened during the Holocaust and, and 16 Jews. What, what if, you know, um, there wouldn't have been some differences at all? You know, what if really people would see us as, we would see each other as all equal? Do you think that is also part of the solution that is, that we also, as as humans, as citizens of the world, we have also our part to play every day because, you know, we, we can be like, oh, you know, that's something between the government, uh, uh, right. you know, the, the, the politics, you know, Crystal is working so hard. But 
me, I love what Crystal Crawford says. I love what you say. I want to help. How can I help? Well, you know what? I'm going to remove the fact that there is that there are minorities, that we are right. all equal. Treat the others the way you want to be treated. Do you think that that will help? I absolutely do agree with that, and I think what you said was very much cohesive to my approach to this issue. It's just going back to when you, when we interact with each other, especially in a healthcare setting, we're interacting with an individual, a whole individual, and a lot of times we have so many things in common with each other without these different factors of, you know, race, age, ethnicity, uh, religion, gender, uh, sexuality. We have so much in common with each other just as human beings and just as existing. Um, And if we could get past just what we see immediately in a person, then, you know, and all those things and stigmas and stereotypes that come with it, is a huge part of it and that's why i'm very that's why i'm very much focused on the patient and provider relationship because there are these subconscious biases that you know of when they see someone it's automatically attributed to this is a woman or this is a black man or this is a child or this is an asian or or this is a muslim it's automatically attributed and it's and it's unfortunate but it's it's is how America has been shaped, right? We've been shaped and conditioned to interact with each other based off certain class systems or certain religions or certain races. And we form communities and and we form organizations and we form relationships based on those things. And it's just the ideology in the mindset of America because we have been conditioned to believe that from the beginning of time. So um, especially since the beginning of slavery. So I really just think that what you said was so cohesive with my mission. And I just feel like if those things were not an issue, this, this wouldn't be an issue. If there were no low income families, no minority families, or if these things didn't exist back during a Tuskegee experiment and illegal experiment and and all of these, all of these, weird questions doctors used to have and mm. all of these weird experiments they did on people they felt like had a certain genetic makeup that they could oh, intervene. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, and that's the, and that's, and then you have that doctor teaching that doctor and that doctor and it, and it trickles yeah. down and then it becomes, and it becomes a yeah. structure in their mind. So if we didn't have that, oh, David, we'll be perfect. As a <laughs> but one as thing, a <laughs> yeah, one, one thing before, we, we, you know, I, I think we should, you should have your own radio show at iHeartRadio because, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, unfortunately I'm, I'm limited in time, but That's uh, fine. It, it is, I, I could hear you so, 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 so much. And what I would love you to do, Crystal, is, is please write a book about, about what you know, because this would be, um, uh, you know, uh, a big help for the future generations, you know, to, to understand what what we fought for, what we had to go through, so that we know that, you know, it's like the militaries, uh, the, the people in the military now, why they go, you know, why we have to respect the veterans, because they fought, when you study history, they fought so that we can be free, you know. Yes, right, of course, exactly. you know, as you're saying, there are some disparities. Yes, of course, you know, uh, uh, the, the, you know, I wish there would be more string beans than cheeseburger. You know what I mean? Right, but, exactly. You know, not, not, nothing is is perfect. And trust me, coming from Europe is, is not, you know, not, you know, we don't have Michael Jackson in Europe. Can you believe that? 
We don't what? have earth, wind, and fire in you. Oh, you no. Know, we got to bring some rhythm earth, to that wind, side. Earth, wind, and fire, man. You know what? We're going to play earth, wind, and fire now because I want, you know, we're going to play, you know what? We're going to play the song September because I want that by September we're done with this virus. And yeah. we, after all that craziness, we sit and we learn to say that how come minorities were not treated as well as uh, the average white dude, you know. So um, let, let's talk about all of that. I want to thank from the bottom of my heart, uh, Crystal Crawford, this amazing woman who is the founder of Crawford Consulting Group. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, what, what is the best way? So the best way to reach out to me is you can visit my uh, Facebook business Facebook page at C Consultants LLC. Also follow us on Twitter at C Consultants. And if you want to send me an email directly, it's Consulting at gmail.com. Well, we would definitely we would definitely be doing that right now. September, Earth, Wind, and Fire. More music to follow up on iHeartRadio. Stay tuned. 